Jesus. We are all welcome once again in Jesus' name. You know, this God we are serving is a big God. It's incomparable. No matter what you are seeing, it pales in comparison to the greatness of your God. And he will show himself mighty on our behalf today in Jesus' name. In the next few minutes, I'll be sharing with you under a title, The Making of a Champion. The Making of a Champion. Champions are made and not born. No one is born a champion. You came into this world reluctantly crying, but I am confident in the Lord, you will not leave this world crying. Because a child was very comfortable in that womb until he decided to ask him to come to this world. And the child comes with his own baggages and fears. But by the special grace of God, there's still a greater plan for that child. A child, a, 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 a plan for greatness. A plan to be a champion. And let me tell you just from this very beginning, there is nothing romantic about being a loser. And I pray that you will not be permanently defeated in Jesus' name. Your setbacks shall be turned to set up for climbing higher. Now, as I was writing this message, it was laid strongly on my heart that all these prayer points be written down as well. And so there are so much as part of the message as what we hear in the next few minutes. Winners and champions, over time, they develop some particular traits through God's help. And all these traits you can recognize in them as you look at them carefully. And I pray those things will be recognizable in you very soon. Number one thing that you will see in those that are champions is that the seed of greatness in them never dies. The seed of greatness in them, somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, in the course of their lives, they discover that it is possible for them to be great. They discover that a seed of greatness may possibly have been dropped in their lives. There are many of you, somewhere along the line, you started having big dreams that you're going to be something in life. And that is the seed of greatness dropping in your life. Some of us, we begin to think that, you know, I can do that. You know, I will amount to something. You know, I will not just live in penury and, and begging and all sorts. You know, I'm going to make a difference in my generation. A seed of greatness God dropped in your life at a stage. And it's important for you that those seed of greatness must never be allowed to die. And this is the peculiarity of those that are champions. And this peculiarity extends to the fact that their greatness and victory are not subject to location. So you are not prospering because you are in Abadi. You are prospering because there's a seed of greatness in you. You are not going to prosper because you moved to America or because you moved to Canada. You're going to prosper wherever God has placed you. Do you know when they were probably buying houses in London? And I was there at a time. You could get a three-bedroom flat for 50,000 pounds. In London, in good area, those that didn't buy a house, they didn't buy there. And now that they are selling a flat in some average areas in London for 450,000, those that are buying two, they are buying two. It is, the difference is not the circumstance around you. The difference is what is in you. And I want to tell you already this morning that something great in you already. I'm not talking about what you are looking forward to. And the reason is that you are according to the stock from which you are bred. 
If you are bred by Jesus, in actual fact, when you are saying everything written about you is great, that's true. Everything written about Jesus is great, but do you know everything written about you is great too? Oh, oh, you think I'm, I'm, I'm not scriptural? Everything written about me is great. And if you don't take anything, I'll take that out from here today. Make up your mind that we walk in great. Of course, I know there are things thrown in your way. I know sometimes you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, this one can't be great. Not because of the circumstances outside, but even because of the circumstances inside. You know the rottenness inside of you. If you look at that one, you're not going to do anything. Because where iniquity abound, grace much more abound. If thou shalt mark iniquity, who shall stand? He said, if you confess your sin unto him, that he is able to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You may look at yourself and say, Pastor, talk all you want to know. I know my own secret. I know what I do in the, in the secret place. But God is asking me to tell you today, link your hand unto his, his, into his. He will cleanse you. He will make you whole. Peter denied him three times. The same Peter raised the dead. The same Peter turned around on the very first day of Pentecost. He preached 3,000 people gave their life to Christ. The end of your story is not now. The end of your story is still in future. And you don't need to just stay where the enemy wants to box you. Somebody listen to what I'm saying. Your greatness and victory, they are not subject to location. And so please stop running around. Look at the boy Joseph. When he was in his father's house, Joseph was great. The father loved him. And the brother said, you know what? When we are proved to you, stop being great. So they decided to put him in the pit. You know, in that pit, Joseph was great. You know why? His chief opponent became his chief advocate. The firstborn child, who was the one that was saying, let us just say, let us kill him. And somebody said, don't let's kill him. Somebody said, you know what? I'm be right there and there. Somebody was looking for it. That was greatness. He got a lawyer without paying for it. And the lawyer got him out of that place. Immediately they sold him out. I don't know how he was when he was on that camel being taken onto Egypt. But when he got to Egypt, he became celebrated already. Okay, why was he not sold onto the farm? Why he got to go to steal the ground? Why was he sold onto a chief officer's place? Don't you know there are slaves and there are slaves? There are those we call house slaves and those that are called field slaves. Field slaves are of a lower level because they do manual labor. Even in slavery, this boy <laughs> was still great. He was still great. Somehow he ended up with Potiphar's house. Potiphar saw him, gave him one look. He said, boy, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be a slave. I promote you. Be the head slave. Mentioned to you before. If you must be a slave, be a head slave. If you must be a prisoner, be the chief of prisoners. So be a head slave. And believe you me, it's sweeter to be. If I some head slaves, are probably better than those that have no position. Head slaves, you can, at least you can, you can send slaves on errand. And you can even not be a slave and you have nobody to send on errand. David will call one of them and say, go and fetch water for me. If he says, don't you know I'm the head slave? So he was only slave, being a slave. He left there, eventually got to the palace. His story still was the same. Your location of greatness, please, I plead with you one more time. Your, your greatness is not dependent upon your location. And as you settle that in your heart, you will have a lot to show for your greatness. Number two, your greatness is still under the fact that you must keep the seed of your greatness. Your greatness is not subject to age. It's not subject to age. You know, some of you, Everything is age, and age is okay. But please, I beg you, if somebody is under you and started exercising great authority over you, you are not in a good place yourself. Forget about that age. Just submit. It's pointless. It's a bit too late. If somebody is just you know, put over you, and you say, don't you know how old I am? There was a time I was like that. I just had to talk to myself. I said, shut up. You're not in a good place. 
If this child has to have written above, <laughs> risen above you, what, what are you looking at? Submit. So it's not about age. It's about whom the Lord has placed his hand upon. And so, settle that and stock that in your life. He was talking unto Timothy, Paul. He said, Lord, don't let anybody despise your youth. You know, somebody was saying that, you know, Pastor, I can't function here because of my I said, no, sir, it's not because of your age. If you carry the right anointing, they will submit to you. One, one person said, it's because of my age. That's why, you know, it is easier for me by the special grace of God to have favor amongst the church. But I said, no, I'm not the oldest here. There are quite a few people older than me. I have granddad. There have been many holders than me here by the special grace of God. It's not about age. Hallelujah. It's something deeper than that. What's another thing that is the characteristics of this seed of greatness in them? It's not subject to educational attainment. It's not subject to educational Thank God for PADs. And I don't know, the way you people are going, I don't know any church that has as many PADs as we have here. If I have to be calling everybody doctor, in fact, we'll spoil the PAD for you. I said, my doctor, this doctor, that. I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't take the mickey. If I said, oh, you PAD holders here, thank God for you. Really thank God. And we celebrate that. But you know what? There are many people who have got absolutely no qualification, human qualification, and there's a seed of greatness in them. The first time I know that education is not everything was when economic downturn happened in many countries in Africa, particularly in Nigeria, and we heard of our professors coming to sweep the street of London. Then I knew that it takes more than certificate to be great. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, give me the message version. If you have it, Acts chapter 4, verse 13. And let's look at that very quickly. I have a strong pressure in my heart today that's enough of underachievement. Enough. It's been a very high, strong day for me, right from the workers' meeting, even from the preparation up to now. It's been a very high, strong day for me. And I just pray that that same passion the Lord will transfer onto you in multiple, in multiple fashion. He said, they couldn't take their eyes off them, that is Peter and John, standing there so confident. Can you imagine? So sure of themselves. Their fascination deepened when they realized these two were laymen with no training. In scripture or formal education, they recognized them as companions of Jesus. They were standing there confident and what? Confident and and there is nothing being wrong in being sure of yourself in Jesus. Stop walking with your head bowed. Whatever your circumstance is temporary. Even if you are called to sweep, you know that this sweeping, tomorrow they will see you and they will not be able to see anything. And I say, we used to sweep. And those that were sweeping with you, I pray not. You might still, somebody was sharing with me recently. They went to a place in London. They were doing, you know, securities together. This guy has now moved to a higher level in that company. Then went with her. Uh, and then went in there. They still saw this guy was still sweeping, was still doing security there. And what a pain in the heart. And it's a matter of when God will advance you. It's not so much of what you can do on your own. What does you have to say because of my time? It's not subject to financial status. 
how you'll be surprised to hear that. Your greatness is not. Because in this time of financial hardship, the natural tendency is to look down on yourself and say, because I don't have money. Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Acts chapter 3, verse 6. He says, silver and gold, I don't have now, but I have something. That's why we say, poor man. Don't let me speak it in pidgin English. Poor man, that's... <laughs> you know, some poor men, they are more confident than rich men. And they will enter into a room and they say, well, because I don't have money, but I have brain. Because I don't have money, I have anointing. And there are some rich men, for some reason, because they have not even got greatness in them, they are timid. And so, John, Peter stood there with John. He said, silver ago we may not have, but we have something that you don't have. Do you know, money is about the common denominator. The poorest, at least they have some coins in their pocket. But not everybody that has some deep, deep things of God. Stop looking on yourself. Your, your worth is more than money. It may be hard today. It shall be easy tomorrow. Amen. I may not be a big bank account, but still walk to a bank and tell the bank manager. I say, you know what, bank manager, there's no money now. <laughs> but you are seeing a great man standing in front of you. Oh. Did the Bible tell you that learn from the ant? Did anybody watch Abagnelli, uh, what's his name? Abagnelli, yes. That's, uh, you don't watch that film. Does anybody remember that film? What was the, Catch Me If You Can, thank you. Did anybody watch Catch Me If You Can? Fantastic film. Uh, Catch Me If You Can. Uh, yeah, DiCaprio. Uh, but the guy inside is Abagnelli. That guy will enter anywhere. He has a confidence. He enters behind, you know, the cockpit to fly a plane. He enters as a bank manager. He was everything. If an unbeliever without any backing can have that confidence, where is your confidence? Where are you threatened? Why can't you just know that what you are seeing is not the finished product? What, you are, what is inside there is greater. Do you think I see myself just as a pastor over this church? As beautiful, as wonderful as you are? If that's, this is where my life is going to end, I've got issues. Maybe I should not have told you that. And I really love you guys. I really love you to beat. I believe this is one of the best churches you can pastor. For many reasons. Number one, it's not a church I settle quarrels. Even if you want to quarrel before you carry the quarrel to me, you settle your quarrel. <laughs> the reason is that because I don't like fight myself. It's not a church in which people just go around and see the pastor down and say, Pastor, why did you say that? I never had any one of you try that. Maybe you've been trying this in your dreams. But I've not seen it. You say, when I get to church tomorrow, I will show pastor what you said yesterday. You've not? Well, good choice. But despite that, that's not where I'm going. And where you are going is not where you are. It may not look at it now. 2006, it wasn't looking like it now. 1998, it wasn't looking like it now. Three people we started with. When we became six, it was all fantastic. And when you have six people in the church, God help you, one does not turn up. Half of the sermon, I'm looking at the door. I'm still looking at the door now, but for different things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Brother, you got my point? Please believe within yourself you are more than this. And as long as devil does not keep your head down, you will go all the way through in Jesus' name. Amen. Their greatness is not subject to parental background or circumstance of birth. You know where I was born? You know my village? I've never been. Thank God for how far the Lord has brought you. 
And David was another man that you need to study his life. He was a great man. But he never allowed his background to stop him. There was one day his wife, Michael, decided to remind him where I was coming from. Remember 2 Samuel chapter 6. David was dancing, was twirling. Actually, he was not dancing, was twirling. As he was twirling because in those days, they were more like kilts, you know. And so, you know, he probably showed more that, I'm not sure whether they were, you know, the rest of the story. You know, so the man really showed, you know, he wasn't really well covered at all. And so, the, and so you know, just like you normally should, normally we are killed. So, and so the woman then looked at, I was so dis... And, and the only thing that came to this woman's heart was that, oh, why did my father allow me to marry this plebeian, this commoner? And when David came in, he said, you are dancing. He didn't say you are dancing immodestly. What did he say? He said, you are dancing like one of the servants. So, you, are you going back to your old background? If anybody tries to remember you where you're coming from, remind them where you are going. Tell them that you are going somewhere. And, and, and David grew so angry. And right there, and David said, ah, he's very good. You know, when you are fighting somebody in my culture, the culture I grew up, I've got many cultures now, I've got because of my evolution, you know, in the initial culture that I grew up in, when you are fighting someone, you escalate this, the quarrel above the person unto their parents. That is the case. And so he just said, it's not your fault. You can say nonsense now, your father. That's how, that's, how, that's, how God, that's how God put me over your father. The woman zipped. Why? He did not allow his background. Please, I beg of you in the name of Jesus. Stop looking. Hey, you know you people, you have a better background. Your own parents were, you know, your own parents were educated. You know, where they were civil uh, Me, I'm just the child of a farmer. Well, I mean, you need farmer, farmer, not proper farmer, you know. But your life does not depend on that. The seed of greatness in you is not subject to all that at all. The greatest of all men, they didn't have anything great that they have to show for you. Very quickly, what is the thing that informs all these things? Make them to feel great wherever they are. Make them to feel great because irrespective of age and all the rest of the things. Number one reason why they do all that is because they have nurtured the seed through the word of God. And the word of God is called water in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 26. They've nurtured it through the word of God. Words of God, like First John chapter four, verse four. First John chapter, four, I have overcome them. For greater is He who is in me than who who is in the world. Like Romans chapter eight, verse thirty-one. If God be for us, who can be against us? Like Hebrews thirteen, verse five. God has promised that He will never leave me nor forsake me. Put those words in your mouth. They will nurture the seed of greatness. Don't listen to everything is down. Just speak to your own self. I'm more than this. Just standing before you there. You think I'm just saying it for preaching? I'm saying it for myself. Don't we all get beaten down? Of course I get beaten down. The same tool I'm giving you is the same tool I've used to make up my mind that I will not die insignificant. I came to the world crying. I will not leave it crying. I will live with a smile on my face. And you need to make up your mind what you're going to do. Another major characteristic of these people that are great is that they know they are a special breed and they confidently live like who they are. You know, all of our lives, if you look at it, it's like a well-prepared stew or a well-prepared meal. There are many ingredients in it. And it's about time we begin to look at our lives as made up of many component parts that have got different ingredients put together. And that's the reason for that. I'll tell you the reason for that in a minute. 
But I want to establish that, you know, in, 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 in book of Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 10, God showed me something that I've never seen before. You know, he was telling us about the angelic, angelic figures that uh, Ezekiel saw. God showed him a vision of these angelic figures. He said, for the likeness of their faces, each had the face of a man in the four and they have four faces, one of a lion, one of uh, an ox, and the other one of the eagle. So, and you know, when I look at that, as angelic beings, they have this appearance. To you, it might look, you know, a little bit unsettling, but what he's simply saying is that in them, these are the components that make them up, that, that made each of them up. And then he was then saying, and if I don't remember that, angels are also called the sons of God. Are you following me now? Following my argument? And you are also called a child of God. So I believe in every one of us, we should be able to have those four components there. You'll be able to have the component of a man. And what's, what is the thing that distinguishes man from other creatures? Intellect and wisdom. And so it's not good enough for you. I'm not intellectual. If you don't have it, ask for it. We should also have the component of a lion. What is the main thing about a lion? A lion is bold and fearless. You should be bold and fearless. You should also have a component part that is the ox. And what is the part of an ox? Strong. And you should also have a part of you that is that of an eagle. Eagle has great visions and thrives in adversity. In actual fact, eagles wait for the storm to arise. And they rise the storm onto higher ground. And I just look at my life. I say, yes, Lord. I can, scream, I can score myself there. I know where I got 50. I know where I'll get 20. I know where I'll get possibly 70. But because when you're preparing a good soup, and believe you me, I know a little bit about cooking. It's been a long time I cooked, but I, I, I do cook. Or I did cook. <laughs> and when you're cooking a good soup, you know, just let one ingredient be too many and you find that the whole thing is messed up. Or let one just be deficient and you find the whole thing. And you know what to do when you're a good cook? Well, by the way, when I cook, I don't cook with books. And because we don't cook with books, yes, you have a greater skill. So you test your soup and you find out that one ingredient is lacking. What do you do? You top it off. And also it tells us in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 8. It says, add on to add on to, and you keep adding. You check what you don't have, you add it onto it. That is how to be great. You don't sit down and say, you know, that's me. As for that brother, where he's good with intellect, me, I'm only strong. When they ask me to carry benches, I only carry benches. Get intellect as well. But the one that has got intellect, you say, well, when it's all this time, a feeble man, you know, I don't. come on, get strength. Get physical strength, get emotional strength. Or possibly you are saying, well, I'm not a leader. I don't need vision. Everybody needs vision. And so I will advise you, and that is a very important part of this message. As the Lord asked me to, to iron this one and drive it in very well. Please do not leave yourself deficient in any area. You have the opportunity to add what you do not have. And it's easy to add them. Number one, you pray to add them. And number two, you look at the lives of others that have them and desire to have it and pray to God to give you. You know, many of us, we are so self-sufficient and so lacking and we really want to stay there. I see a guy that is very, very good in prayer. I just tell God, man, see how these guys pray. I want to pray like that. I see a guy who's very good in money management. I see a guy who's very eloquent. I've been, there are many departments of my life that I've been working upon. I can't remain the same way I was five years. 
Because when you check my tapes five years ago, is it the same thing? When you check my life five years ago, is it the same thing now? It's important that you look at your own self and you continue to add on to it. That is the major characteristic of those that are great. And my confidence is that you'll be great in Jesus' name. You will be great in Jesus' name. You have work to do. Please set out to do it. The Lord God of heaven and earth will, will help you. Let me just drop one point on this before I move to the final point. And then we conclude. One of the things that stop people from drawing from others and learning from them is this thing that I call the fallacy of um, um, proximity. You know, the closer you are to a person, the more you see their humanity. And many are falling far for that. You know, people are looking for uh, people to you know, mentor them or whatever. So you must prepare for something as well. Or else it can be a major tool against you. Joab had that problem. He was one of the closest unto David. But he was about the only one that really knew David's weakness. Don't think David's weakness was adultery. No, 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 no. He fell onto that. Sad, sad it was. God restored him and he carried on with his life. You know David's greatest witness? He was a weak father. Absalom, in actual fact, in 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 8, he says clearly, he said, David never rebuked Adonijah. He said, he never tell you what to do this. What a father. Who, what's wrong with you? He was a weak father. Absalom and, and Job saw that. I mean, like Job saw that. He used that. Number one, when the first rebellion was, he, when, even though David said, don't kill Absalom. He said, you that child, how can you tell me? Well, you don't even know how to raise the child. I'll kill the boy. And in fact, he, was, he killed the boy with relish, saying, you spoiled boy, I will kill you. You that you are not trained by your father. And when Adonijah eventually rebelled, he said, I'm not. I didn't go with Absalom. You are a useless father. I will go with him. Eventually, he was assassinated at the altar himself. He saw. You know what? What put him into trouble? He was too close to David. Those that were not close, they held him in high esteem. Some children, you are too close to your parents. And I want people, pray to God that may God not allow you to discover the nakedness of your parents. Not discover, or if you peradventure do, quickly cover it. There's nothing that kills a child more than that. And children that you are raising, warn them very carefully at very early age. They must hold you in constant high esteem for their own purpose. I insist on that in my home, and it's not because I'm honestly traditional. It's because I want them to be blessed. You know, I love that, you know, we can cross the line anytime. They know that, they know that, they know that. But I've also warned them, don't cross that line for your own good. There's nothing about me. And even in the church of God, people that you hold as spiritual parents, there are some no-do's. They, 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 just, they just bring honor. I think it would be absurd for you for, for some reason if I'm not around. And it's not, you know, Chris Bailey, you know me. I'm very much, I, I don't, people have said, put special chair. Are you okay? Put special chair. What's wrong with you? Put special chair so that... She'll ask me to put a throne. So there's no issue with that. But I will still be absurd that if, if I'm just not in, the next thing you do is you're going to go and sit on my chair in the office. Not because there's anything there. Clement and I will use the same type of chair for your formation. So it's, there's no big deal about the chair. But it's just, it's just, it's just, because if you honor him, you honor God. You know what kills Saul? Saul dishonored Samuel. 
It is not somewhere to the extent that Samuel said, I'm afraid this boy will kill me. Oh! God said, go and anoint David. He said, if I go, Saul will kill me. Old man. He said, that rascally. And yet, David, Saul was delivered to the hand of David. And David said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. In actual fact, he made the mistake at the stage. He decided to go to, when the man was sleeping, wanted to cut it. He wanted to kill him, you know. And the Bible was, he said, he said, he called, you don't want to call the man. The man just said, he wanted to strike. Ah! He then just sniffed it and, and then went to that side and then showed. I said, see, proof that, you know. And then on, on top of that, the man was so apologetic. And that's why David was never defeated. Please, I beg of you in the name of Jesus Christ, do not do things. It's not because of that person, it's because of you. If there are boundaries that are drawn, keep those boundaries. Keep those boundaries. Doesn't cost anything at all. Doesn't cost anything at all. Very, very simple things. Like this is the place that, you know, I sit. It's an ordinary seat. Don't sit there. It does not matter. It does not matter. Uh, well, I don't know. Those people that believe in anointed seat or whatever, possibly, but... The Lord will help us. Mm. The Lord will help us. You will not do one thing that will scuttle all the plans of God for your life. Mm. You, will, you will stay. My wife is a living witness. And let me say this on the altar. So just to let you know by the special grace of God. I'm not lying. We don't swear. I can only do spiritual gestures, gestures to let you know. Now I say, which pastor? We didn't say it's inside the box. You know, when a witness gets inside the box, it's a different thing saying it outside the box. I'm saying this one right inside the box. I've never, and I'm not begging you to follow what I'm doing. I've never, ever spoken against any of the leaders above me in secret or into their front. She said, down there. There are issues among some of you that we say, I see what this person has done. We just talk about it, see how we correct. Of course, we do mention that. Of course, we do. As leaders, we do. But not for once have I behind on the front of them. I have Pastor Kola above me. I, have, I used to have Pastor Raf. I used to have Pastor Kola. I have Pastor Agu. Of course, I had Daddy Jill. Those are the people that I have direct access of various levels with. Not one of them. I vie behind themselves. If I have thoughts about what I think should have been done differently, I kill it in my heart. And I just make up my mind that I say, I will watch out for that. After all, the responses are much. When I get to that stage and I grow that old and I blah, blah, I will make sure I don't do it like that. I just sit and I perish it. Never. And you know why? Because I know I am going very far. And you know why I'm expecting that my journey will not be cut short? Because within my possible best, I've done all God expects me to do. I beg of you. Hold that one. Where do they hold it? Is it left or right? You hold it on the left if you are right-handed. You want to start arguing about that? Finally, finally. <laughs> Finally, they understand the principle of delegated authority and the benefit of shared wisdom. I just give you a quote from Isaac Newton. He said, if I have seen further, it is by standing on the shoulder of giants. No one can go very far if you have not been given the authority to do so. No one. 
God will give somebody authority. Even Paul, with all his bragging letter, yeah, yeah, I got directly taught by God. If the apostles in Jerusalem, if they didn't meet and endorse him, his ministry would have died. Who was he? He took Barabbas to take, it, to, to take him to them and said, please, let this boy function. If they say, we don't know him, there's no way. The, those that saw Jesus face to face, and they say, they were the, we are the primary people, they would have killed his ministry. Who is he? He had revelation. He, God showed him things that he never showed some other people, ever, ever. But he would have to take him to Jerusalem and say, look, these are the guys that were there. Please, don't know so much more than everybody that has gone before you. Let them release you. There is delegated authority in the kingdom. There is shared wisdom in the kingdom. I learn every day. There are so many things that many of you have that I've tried to, to pray and say, give me what that guy has. Some of you are exceedingly so submissive. I say, Lord, give me more of that. Some of you are very upfront. You speak your mind wisely. I say, oh, that's a nice way. This guy puts his point across. Some of you, you, you have finished stabbing the person. You've taken the knife out. You've almost reached house before the person, ah, he stabbed me. <laughs> and to a degree, there's some shrewdness as well. Because Nathan used that in passing information across to David. So you need to be shrewd. We went for a meeting. A young man was given the permission to speak. And all of us were sitting down there. I mean, this boy was at best probably, probably damn should be older than the boy. This boy was there. Pastor, one of us was sitting And this boy took the microphone. They were just saying, tell us how you think the church can move forward. And this boy blasted off us from top to bottom. How we have not been doing it well? <laughs> Is it because we give you a microphone? <laughs> you see, that's one needs that kind of gifting I'm telling you. He has good points that he has to tell us. We have to change. Our generations are different. But at the same time, we have no one or two things. It's because we have heard it together. That's why you have somewhere to talk. After all, you find a microphone, we must have done some things right. It's only to be able to gather ourselves together. We've got microphone. <laughs> we got. <laughs> Give us credit for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, and that boy needs that kind of gift. And so I look around. What I'm telling you here is that please look around, see what is good in others. You know, jealously. He said, earnestly covet, earnestly desire the best gift. The last verse of First Corinthians chapter 12, before he started as verse 31, before he goes straight into chapter 13. Desire what is good. Look at what is good in all of you. And I said, Lord, I love that one. Now may the Lord not deprive you of what is good in your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. You are a champion because God has ordained you to be one. And I dare say to you, you cannot afford to cede another victory to the devil. I don't know whichever half of your journey you are. And because life is, life is like a match, it's like a football match. There's a first half, there's a second half, there's a closing season. First, there's also extra time. You know that? Some people, after they spend 70, God gives them extra time. Depending on how much time they've wasted before, or depending on how much work needs to be done. So God decides the extra time, and he puts the placard up, extra time. So wherever you are, my closing advice 
is that please don't feel down. Don't think it's all over yet. You can still turn the game around. In 1999, at the new Camp, new Camp is the stadium for Barcelona in Spain. Two teams were meeting there, Manchester United and Bayern Munich. And when the clock was 90 minutes, the score was Manchester United 0, Bayern Munich 1. And at that stage, all hopes were lost. And then they all, we all looked at the touchline because I watched that match live. And we all looked at the touchline and the usual board they put up three minutes extra time. And immediately the board came up, there was a corner kick. And they put the, corner, the ball there and Manchester United took, United took the corner kick and the ball went into the net. 1-1. One, one. 90 minutes plus 1. Then they took the ball, they rushed to the center, put the ball there. And then the referee blew, start again. They took the blood, they, they took the ball, the next attack went all the way down. The Bayern Munich player kicked the ball away, and then second corner kick was given. And then right in the middle was Solcher, you know, way younger, I think. And then somebody took the corner kick, I can't remember. And Socha just put a leg forward, or just a foot forward rather, and the ball went to the net. At extra time plus two minutes and 30 seconds. And score, Manchester United two, Bayern Munich one. Immediately, all the players of Bayern Munich, they fell down. They collapsed. Manchester United, they still took the ball. <laughs> they still went to the center. I hope you're learning some lessons here. They still went to the center. But there's nobody to play them. And so the referee looked right, look right, look at his watch, well, final whistle. Three minutes before that time, there was no hope that Manchester would win. I don't know the last minute situation that you are in. He said, three minutes to go. Just a week to go. Just a day to go. And it looks like it's a done deal. It's a lost battle. The Lord gave me, reminded me of that match. Asked me to tell you. He who turned it around. And in fact, that probably will be one of the greatest football turnarounds in history. Remembering that what they won was not just a league match. They actually won possibly the best cup in the whole world. Because all this Cup America they are doing, nothing is as big as the Champions League Cup. And it's a proof unto anyone who will listen that it's never too late. Oh, you know, age is catching up on me. The Lord asked me to tell you, when God will do it, you can score two goals in two minutes, in extra time. All done, no hope. The Lord is saying, if you are a champion, how many boxing matches have been won at the very last round? Just one more punch and the enemy came down. The lesson I was going to tell you was that Manchester United used the right tactics. Even though your enemy is down, don't celebrate. 
they knew that that game would change if that adventure, though, that if we could score two goals in a minute, they can score one goal in 30 seconds. So if they, Bayern Munich, were also to say, ah, you can do that, and they took the ball, rushed down, and then we see the greatest ping pong of all times and score. Extra time, possibly Manchester United will not have brought the cup back. Don't relax until you have seen your enemy finally exterminated. It might be an enemy inside, finish him off. It might be an enemy outside, don't give him room. There must be no recovery. Because this month, your advancement will start. Next month, you must be prepared to consolidate it. And as you consolidate it, you will look forward and say, truly and indeed, I'm one of the champions. Is there any champion in the house? Are you sure? Are you sure? Rise on your feet up, you are a champion. I only want champions to rise up. If you know you are not one, we excuse you. But if you are a champion, rise on your feet. And you will pray one prayer. And before you pray that prayer, I want you to say, thank you, Lord. Because you have wired me to be a champion. You have wired me. Yes, I was born ordinary. But by the virtue of my giving my life to, to you, because I was not born saved, I was not born as a candidate of heaven, I had to make a decision. And I've made the most important decision of my life to give my life to you. So, Lord, I thank you. Because everything we've spoken about rests on that. And that is why you need to make your way right with the Lord. Or if you not give your life to Christ, wherever you are, give your life to him now. Just turn your life over and say, Jesus, take control. But as many of us, as we have made that glorious decision, in a minute we're going to call on the Lord. And as you call on him, he will rend the heavens over you. You are a champion. You are a champion. I say you are a champion. And you will not be our next champion in the name of the Lord Jesus. Where you have won before, you will not lose there again. Mention somewhere along the line that some of you, you are so weighed down. You are so concerned about if your secret is discovered, God will deliver you and will clean you up in the name of Jesus. But above all, lift up your head and be a champion that you are. And the forces of darkness, they shall bow unto you in the name of Jesus. You're going to declare for yourself that he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. And because of that, you are undefeatable. Because of that, you cannot be repressed. Because of that, the enemy cannot be on top of you. You shall be on top and not beneath in the name of Jesus. So you will declare and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, your word say, I have overcome the world. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, every opposition, every plan of the enemy set against me shall crumble from now. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voices and pray like champions. Those are the punches you are throwing. Those are the kicks you are making. 
you will be a champion and remain a champion. I don't know why somebody is not praying. Unless there is other agenda you have. Unless you have any other means of staying a champion or of winning this battle. But if you don't have, may I advise you to just call on him who will help you. Declare over your whole life, I am a champion. I am a champion. I am a champion. I am not defeated. I shall not be defeated. The seed of greatness is in me. And that seed of greatness shall not die, shall not be overcome, shall not be wasted in the name of Jesus. And the glory of the Lord shall rest upon me. Thank you, Rock of Ages. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Before I pray, you shall the Lord laid on my heart. Some of us that we have got ailments in our bodies. There is his desire to heal you this afternoon. So wherever you are, lift up your hands. And I will declare healing over you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, see your children. So specifically, which is the left side that is paining you to the back. I decree healing for you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. The stripe of Jesus has purchased your healing. And therefore receive it in the name of Jesus. I decree right now in the name that's above all names. That everyone here. Whom you have ordained, O God, unto wholeness of earth. And the enemy is troubling their health. Receive back the fullness and the wholeness of health in the name of Jesus. And as the Lord makes you all, sickness shall be alien to you. And Christ shall be glorified in your life. Thank you, Father. Jesus' name we pray. Lord, behold your children, your champions, the ones who have called out of the world to show forth your glory. I'm asking, Lord, the beginning from next week, testimonies will begin to come in of the manifestation of their victories in the name of the Lord Jesus. And through these testimonies, many souls shall be won to you. And the kingdom of God shall enlarge. And Jesus shall be glorified. Step forth as champions. Remain undefeatable. Remain strong unto the very end. And let Jesus be glorified in your life. Thank you, rock of our salvation. We give you all the honor and glory. Jesus, most wonderful name we pray. Hallelujah.